Welcome to the podcast. We are here. We are back. Thanks for joining. We are truly grateful to spend another 20 minutes with you. Once again, here you are, uh, the podcast, Two Drinks Behind, here with Adriano Bellani. And Wesley Belden. That's right. We are here. And uh, (laughs) just to start this off going off uh, on the next, on the previous episode, we talked about Elon finally finalized the purchase of Twitter. And, uh, and there's a lot, a lot, lot, lot of stuff going on there with a lot of lawsuits, a lot of people getting fired, a lot of, you know, like ideas on what he's going to do and a lot of backlash. But it's just the beginning, so we'll see. I mean, it's a whole dumpster fire over there. I mean, you look at all this stuff, and I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, when you look at Twitter, and it's like 7,500 employees, like, what the fuck have they been doing since 2008 that necessitates that headcount? I mean, it's basically the same product. I mean, I think you're going to have trouble saying that you're firing people for cause, but like he'd have a lot easier go with these lawsuits uh, if he hadn't fired the chief counsel at Twitter. I mean, like if you think about like that guy was a rock star, he looked at he, he took one look at Elon Musk and he's like, oh, dude, this guy's cagey as shit. We better have an ironclad purchase agreement. Like he pegged him. He had his number <laughs> and he is, he is the one that made it so Elon could not get out. And so then you buy the team and you like gut the talent. Like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's yeah. petty. This this man clearly is an operator. The idea that you let him go, maybe there's more to it. I don't know what happened in there. Maybe there was like, maybe they brought the mothers into it and there was just some sort of things that never could be repaired. But I feel like, I, I feel like that guy, that guy demonstrated himself as, as an actor, as an operator and probably should have been, you know, kept, kept on board given the fact that, I'm guessing like the legal stuff is not going away anytime soon at Twitter. No, absolutely. Especially like their headquarters are in California. And we know how strong the laws are in California for just protecting the people compared to the rest of the U.S. So I am predicting a change of uh, headquarters as well for Twitter in the next coming months. So he better figure this out soon because he's making everyone report <laughs> back to work. And so yeah. deploy their Teslas. I also wonder if anyone's going to start selling their Teslas or not buying Teslas because they're pissed about this. Like uh, what percentage of people that work at Twitter drive Teslas? And then what percentage yeah. of those people that no longer work at Twitter drive Teslas? Uh, this is the point or thought. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't no, really matter I mean- at the end of the day, but whatever. Did you, I saw that one of the biggest investors for Twitter was actually uh, the Saudi, the Saudi prince. So it seems like the, the, the Saudi royal family is basically investing in everything and everywhere, wherever they can, they can, you know, wherever they can right now. So yeah, I mean, they got to spread that money around. Like it's just been a decent year for, uh, for Petro states. You got to put that money where you can, right? Uh, I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like uh, Mackenzie Scott, you know, and she was trying to like deploy like a lot of like her net worth, which was tied up in Amazon stock. She kept trying to give all this money away and Amazon stock was performing so well that like she was giving away billions of dollars and somehow was worth tens of billions more. I, I feel like the Saudis <laughs> that same boat, like you, know, you want to keep investing, but for every dollar you invest, you look back and there's three more in your bank account from you know what's been going on with with the price of oil and so on and so forth so i mean realistically like at this point we need to go ahead and make sure that we get mao i'm sorry uh xi jinping should probably invest in twitter along with uh with putin and then we can really have ourselves the free public square right (laughs) yeah we that will be that will be the you know the the dream team 
that would be the Avengers of uh, of real life all together. I mean, what a dinner but, party that would be. Wait, what would happen if you put all those people in the same room? Oh, I, I'm sure they get in the same room time to time. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, it's always like parrying and jousting. It's like, we've got to say this, we got to say that. Like, I'm sure after the media leaves, they have, you know, they they have a blessing on the i don't know oh. i don't know who's the who's the alpha among all of them that kind of leads the dinner but when cameras are not involved but i would i would go for putin i the man does not seem to back down on anything so see you almost wonder though like i mean i don't know like i guess i would fancy myself an alpha as well as like all of my closest friends are probably in that same camp god that's the most fucking toxically masculine thing I've ever said but like I don't know I mean like when we get together it's not like we're all trying to like assert our dominance no exactly exactly I mean we're all into the same shit (laughs) we all like the same (laughs) stuff and hate the same stuff so it's kind of cool I did go days in college where I would just eat people's lunch like literally (laughs) Uh, I don't know what that was all about college was strange times no college was great man but yeah i mean i don't know what what would be for for them altogether. like what what do they brag about oh i just conquered this country today oh i conquered this country today actually i'm conquering this tomorrow and it's like but they but they also probably have like they also probably have stuff to talk about like when like during the olympics when like she and uh see i guess it's like xi jinping anyway when he was hanging out with pootie like they were kind of all like you know he's like like we all knew this like incursion in Ukraine was getting ready to happen or possibly had a shot of happening. And, you know, he was all like, listen, Pootie, like you can't roll into Ukraine until the closing ceremony of the Olympics. And Pootie's like, nice. I got you. I got you. Seat. And he's like, thanks, brah. And then basically he waited until the end of the Olympics rolled, you know, rolled into to Ukraine right after that. And then China's like, we'll buy your your natural gas if something goes wrong. Yeah, I absolutely. I don't know. I mean, so, after the U.S. election, a lot of people in the U.S. will uh, will say that if someone else was president, the invasion would not have happened. But, you know, that has to do with that as well. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think I think Putin. I mean, like it it comes down to this is for sure something that Putin has been spending a lot of time setting up strategically. Oh, absolutely. And like, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about like setting up your your pieces and then waiting for the opportunity. But I mean, I don't know, like we haven't exactly been like tremendously strong in a foreign policy perspective since probably since fucking the younger bush was out there like just kind of dropping bombs everywhere i mean like really like we haven't we haven't had like a cohesive or strong-minded foreign policy in a while so i I think in a lot of ways we would have been you know i mean i think i personally don't agree with you i think in the bush time it just that's when it just hell broke loose for us that in foreign policy but i don't think it was bush making a decision it was dick cheney so oh yeah no i I think i think it broke fell apart but i'm saying it was like as far as like having having some yeah yeah yeah, i I, want to be clear here i'm not saying that like the great success (laughs) of the bush administration was in foreign policy (laughs) it's definitely not what i'm trying to get at here (laughs) which is more along the lines of like we had one it was cohesive and people respected it you know, I, I don't think it wound up being a good forward policy or wound up being the right one, but we were doing things and people were afraid of us, I guess, in some sense. I'm not yeah. saying that's what you want, you know, the place of the world to be, but, you know, now you look at it, it's like everything kind of just blows in the wind and changes. The only thing that really, like, 
is going on, I think, is like how weak we are at home, which shows, you know, a, a bifurcation of our populace, which, you know, makes it, I mean, I don't know, yeah. I mean, like in that sense, that's really the opportunity. It's not so much who was in office. It was the fact that everyone back home was just kind of so divided that, you know, anyone who is in office isn't going to get enough consensus to do anything that has any teeth behind it. Yeah, absolutely. would be my guess. But I, I don't know. I mean, who fucking knows? Like, we can't like play that whole, you know, what if scenario? Like, what was that TV show on yeah. Amazon? Like, uh, The Man in the Iron Castle, where it was like, what if the Nazis had won? Which you think about all the time, like, what if the Supreme Court had said, like, Al Gore won? <laughs> what yeah, the world yeah, yeah. Like now? Anyway, you, you just wonder about that stuff. But, you know, it, it's nice to see that these bromances between the Saudis and, you know, Putin and Z are really, really working out well. And that everyone has, you know, a nice seat at the table and they're they're all best friends. But things that are not working out so well, big tech. Big tech isn't no, working out so well Big right tech now. isn't what Two things are not working out so well. Big tech and Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady and he's splitting up with Janelle that's rough or Giselle yeah Giselle yeah yeah she's available so congratulations uh Adriano you got a shot now <laughs> I mean it's just tough like I can't see a future for either of them I mean it's like are they gonna let that go like they're never gonna have, they're never gonna find anyone else yeah exactly like it's not like yeah I agree I agree. It's over. I feel for bad for them. It's and over. Is it over for big tech? I don't know. I uh, don't know. That's what says what says you, Adriano? Man, it's uh, this has been probably the first quarter with almost all the big tech has come with negative numbers, and you know that I don't know if it's just a moment, or I don't know if if COVID just you know overinflated their numbers just because you know the way COVID and the way the politics treated COVID, but. You know, this is this is very interesting. Like Meta has lost a lot of money just because, you know, right after they called Meta, when they were Facebook, they were always profitable. Now they're in Meta. And now, you know, everything that uh, Mark Zuckerberg is trying to do in the Metaverse and all that stuff, currently it's not successful. There's a lot of money allocated in it. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And Amazon has also like been stable usually and generally, but they also came out with a negative quarter and then and then Google as well, you know, so I don't know, man, it's just it's uh, we're about to enter a period of um, uncertainty and kind of unpredictability, to be honest. Yeah, I think there there is predictability in the sense that these old models maybe aren't viable any longer. I mean, you look yeah. at like... I, mean, I think Meta, Meta's got a lot of things going on. I think its core business is obviously losing because it has the inability to track you as well as it used to, thanks to Apple. And then also on top of that, they're really focusing on the metaverse, which, and this is true, there's more people on MySpace now than there is in the metaverse, or I'm sorry, in the Horizon Worlds, which is like... <laughs> MySpace. I didn't, I didn't know MySpace God, was God, around, God, but fucking all right, man. <laughs> I, I forget how old you are, man. I forget sometimes, but... But you you don't you don't let me forget. So I was never I was never on MySpace. I missed that boat. <laughs> uh, but like the fact that it's still around, I was on Friendster. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I didn't, I didn't. Oh my god! I made my friends the old-fashioned way. Fucking uh, <laughs> just sitting the at, uh, yeah. all kinds of places. God, what what did we used to do to meet people? I had a weird 
time that was. But hey, I guess it's going back there. Like maybe that's like the space. Like there's like the. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, why are there no fucking legs in metaverse? <laughs> why, why are legs the thing that they can't get over? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even if they don't work, they could still be like vestigial. I mean, just like put yeah. them there. We're used to seeing legs on people. Nah, well, I anyway. Don't know. <laughs> anyway, let's not get into the meta, the meta talk. But wait, oh, did you Adriana. see Good an- another another thing? that I read is, you know, El Salvador became the first country to kind of make Bitcoin its currency and had so many ideas, but the way the Bitcoin has lost, it might be one of the biggest failure of all time. And, you know, like, and I was reading some comments like on their, on their policy, instead of calling it El Salvador with an EL, people were calling it like L, like a lose Salvador. No. Just like, like, oh my God, <laughs> that is terrible. But I mean, the way the Bitcoin has gone down, the, the prime minister basically invested a hundred million dollars from their from their money, from the from the country's money to Bitcoin and uh, and things went south. <laughs> so so I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen there either. But it was just interesting. I mean, they're probably fucked. No, they are. <laughs> I think that's what's gonna happen there. Like that's not the sort of thing that you like grow out of or figure out. I mean, like, they're fucked. I mean, like they've like toppled their economy, which wasn't great to begin with, but like all based on the idea of a speculative bet. Like, I don't know, man, like you can you can place a bet with like, you know, your slush fund or like, or like you know, some cash you got sitting around, but you don't place a bet with your like nation's economy. Like it's just it's weird. Yeah. It is weird. Uh, I mean, like, it's like, you know, like maybe, maybe let the adults back in the room. Like, I just, I I don't know. I mean, I gamble, like I gamble like a lot, but like, it's, it's not your country. It's not with my country's money. I'm not gambling my country's future. I'm gambling my future. You do the responsible yeah. thing. Gamble with your own life, not everyone else's. Well, yeah, I don't know. Get, it's kind of crazy. And then like that, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, and then getting, getting off into that, right? Uh, UK has a new prime minister. And, uh, you know, a lot of talk has been said about him about his family which is like extremely rich the guy's a financial guy and there's somebody in their staff that's where i wanted to get to the whole podcast who is using albanians as a scapegoat for kind of like the failures of uk of uk government right now which made me yeah, yeah. really pissed what is this fucking 1930s germany let's scapegoat a group of people for us not getting our fucking collective shit together i mean it no, was the I albanians mean- that made him cycle through five prime ministers in fucking four years clearly it was the albanians <laughs> clearly it was the albanians <laughs> that tanked the fucking euro or the the, the pound get the fuck the out of here with that shit yeah, no, it's just, and you know, the crazy part is like that language, like from people up there, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like targeting one group of people. And then, uh, you know, and the, the thing is like, the person that said it is also like coming from a line of immigrants. And it's just like, I don't yeah, know. Like a in, line of immigrants. Every single one of us is from a line of immigrants. Yeah, like, exactly. And it just, I don't know. Just like, you don't say that stuff. Like your problems don't have to just be, you know, because people, that's what people want. It's just like one official speaking like that. It's just the hate just 
goes up and up, just like like Kanye. Like why people attack him so much because he made comments they shouldn't have made. Like those are hate comments. So, well, one thing I will say, uh, if there is a culture worth preserving, it's the English culture. They're excellent food. They're, they're over the top <laughs> manners and their repressed sexuality. Like that's definitely a culture we really need to go ahead and preserve. <laughs> I mean, keep homogenized. Get the fuck out of here. I don't know. <laughs> I just can't, man. I can't. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, I mean, good. like, let's. I, I guess they got tired of blaming the macro forces. Now they're blaming the Albanians. Like, man, uh, like I know my countrymen. I know what they do, but like, not all Albanians. They're just like part of mafia or something. Like they, you have so many good working people that are just like, what did just happen? Like we've worked here all our lives. Like you know, it's a small country. We have to kind of read because communism the way the government was done and then this guy comes in and then this lady just shows up and just makes comments like yeah and like her comments were basically like illegal Albanians are coming like in on mass and then if this is an an invasion what is it's like what like lady just keep it to yourself this is an invasion <laughs> unbelievable well yeah I feel like I need to go ahead and switch gears here to kind of calm everything down <laughs> here. <laughs> this is kind of a fun little story. Uh, in like, you know, the art space. I was reading the other day uh, about this painting in this, I think it's a German museum that they discovered after 70 years is probably hung upside down. It's a painting wow. uh, by Mondrian. Like, uh, you guys probably know him from like, he's the guy that does like, kind of like rectangular square shapes with primary colors. He's like a, cool, I, I think he's like French or Dutch or something. Like that. He was part of like the dish style movement. But yeah, so there's this <laughs> painting that that not painting is that it's like it's like colored electrical tape in an argyle pattern on like a white canvas. It's called New York Number Two or New York City Number Two. Not like yeah. shit, not like Number Two shit, but like uh, it's meant <laughs> to be like like these like tapes and these like I don't know. It's kind of a cool painting or a cool work. And like, this guy's all like, yeah, it's always bothered me. It's always felt upside down. And you know what? I'll tell you what, bro. I'm such a fucking art person that it's always bothered me too. It's always felt like it was upside down. <laughs> when I'm looking at my stripes or my bands of fucking tape, I'm like, do you know what? Rotate this bitch 180 degrees. And it's <laughs> he starts like diving into it he finds like this picture i think it was like the new york times somebody was doing like a piece of mondrian this is like in the four it must have been 44 yeah. or something like that and it was in new york it was right before he died and i guess like the painting was like on like the easel but it was unfinished which is why they don't know like so if it was finished you would have signed it and you would have known which direction or orientation it's supposed to be but it was unfinished and so this guy's yeah. a picture of it where it's sitting on the easel in this direction and like i'm gonna call bullshit on that like <laughs> when i'm working on large format work with my stressed and stretched and strained electrical tape in various colors i sometimes work around the art in all kinds of ways you know or you reorient it to like get a good or more effective way of straping the tape striking the tape straping the tape stretching the tape anyway i don't know i think there's a shot this motherfucker is upside down but like after 70 years just leave it alone who cares i mean just, like just exactly exactly uh, <laughs> also I, like, I, also apparently like this is really sad like apparently they can't rotate it because it's becoming increasingly like decrepit and they're afraid that rotating it might like unstick the tape yeah which is really sad because that's what we all have to look forward to, guys, as we get older. <laughs> is that 
you can't really flip us around anymore. Otherwise, our table come off. And uh, and with this, like my job from now on has become to you know to hold West from profanity. But I I could I couldn't do it this time. So oh, I've done a good job this time though, right? I mean, like, no, like I know percent, forty percent fewer bad words <laughs> in this one. <laughs> No, it was really good. And then I just mentioned the racism that Brits used against Albania and Wes couldn't hold it any longer. So I get a little fired up sometimes. I, I had a good I had a good run there, you know. But, but yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, <laughs> yeah, once know, again, folks, you waste good. 20 minutes of your life with us and uh and we thank you for it. We uh, thank you for it, yeah. If you've got somebody that you don't like, tell them to listen to the podcast. They can also waste a portion of their life that they'll never get. Yeah. Back. Exactly, I mean, and Colgan, that's the way this works. That that's always odd. Just you know, just what you say every time. Call your mom. Tell her you love her. Yeah, go forth and call your parents. Call your mother. Yeah, like you know, let's face it, you're the reason she drinks. <laughs> <laughs>